0: Welcome to the People's Sports Podcast. I am Charlotte Wilder. He is still not here. Mark Titus is, uh, as you know, very busy with March Madness. Um, If you've heard, there's a basketball tournament, two basketball tournaments going on. There's men's, there's a women's. Um, And if I sound a little funny, it's because I've got a toothpick in my mouth. And I'm wondering if I can become like a toothpick guy, you know, someone who's always just like roaming around. I feel like people, you know, I'm going to take it. It's very hard to talk with this in actually. Um, I feel like people who, you know, just sort of constantly have a toothpick in their mouth look really cool. It's like an effortless thing. It's like, you know, it's like smoking a cigarette, but it's not going to kill you. There's an effortless situation to it. And I think my whole life, I've really just wanted to be effortlessly cool. And then, you know, I eat pizza and half of it ends up on my sweatshirt. But Anyway, um, today is the first Monday after what I think is probably the best weekend in sports every year. Um, March Madness began and I just love it. I honestly and, I, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, like obviously, you know, Mark's whole thing is college basketball, but it's someone whose whole thing is not college basketball. Um I forget every year how obsessed with March Madness I get, but um, think that it was, you know, 12 hours straight on the couch every day. Um, and I get a little too under my bracket. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's a, uh, it's embarrassing. This week I will turn 32 and I still get very upset when my bracket is busted, which happens every year. And I talked about this last week with um, on the pod with Ben, but, I filled out a bracket in like the silliest way possible this year. I chose reasons that had nothing to do with basketball. And okay, this is, I'm going to get heated talking about this, but listen, I did this to protect myself. I was self-selecting out before I could be pushed out by my own bad choices. I was like, look, I'm going to make the most ridiculous choices. I said Georgetown was going to go win the championship. I said, um, Who did I have when I had Drexel beating Illinois? Um, I had, you know, things like that where it was using logic like, oh, well, I've heard of Drexel before, so I'll choose them or like... I got weirdly invested in Arkansas because I think it's funny that it's spelled with an S at the end of the word stuff like that. That is not a way you should ever fill out a bracket if you're hoping to, I don't know, win your bracket pool. But my reasoning was that whenever I try to fill out a bracket, it's it's a disaster. And I get really upset because I was trying, you know, it's like I lost and I did my best and I still lost. That feels bad. So I figured if I do my worst and I still lose, I won't care. And and here's the thing, though. I also I also filled out a bracket um, seriously, like in a trying manner. I tried very hard anyway, even though I said I wouldn't. So I had two brackets going. I had a silly one and a serious one. My silly one was out on Saturday, I think it was, because Georgetown lost. So that was just like all up in smoke, even though Arkansas is doing pretty well. Um, Also, Oral Roberts just decided to be the Cinderella story, which I don't love. I don't like Oral Roberts. I'm going to be honest. Like, they have some creepy policies um they are not nice to gay people as my research has shown me um i think that it is a stupid name for a school it would even be a bad name for toothpaste but it's a bad name for school no offense if any of you went there um but i which is upsetting because you know i love a good upset and it was about as good of an upset as get what it was 15 seed versus two seed they upseated they they upseated them they unseated them it's hard when I talk to myself and there's no one to correct me. So, um, you know, producer cat and social West are there are our, our shadow listeners today. They're on the zoom with me, but I'm the no one talking. So if I say something just like really stupid, I don't know, chat me or tell us to stop and I'll do it again. Um, anyway, so, you know, that happens. And the reason that this is upsetting to me is one, because my serious bracket, which I filled out, it was mostly chalk picks. It was, I'm going to be honest. Um, Thank you, Kat. Just messaged me and said, I'm doing great. (laughs) It's very kind of you. Um, They're mostly chalk picks, but, you know, there were a ton of upsets. So not only was my silly bracket wrong because I didn't use basketball knowledge, it was wrong because I picked the wrong upsets. Like I could have done a silly bracket this year and, and been right and done well. But instead, I said that in my silly bracket, the ones that would do well, like the schools, the weird schools that would do well, were the not were the school, the weird schools that didn't do well, but there were plenty of other weird schools that did. So I'm just doubly upset. And the one thing that I think is good is that I would rather have a bracket be out in the first round, than have to deal with the the agony of slowly losing. Maybe I don't know, you all don't care. Nobody cares about your bracket. But like, I'm telling you all this because I think that some people out there might care about their brackets. I really do. I think I want to believe that there are other people in their in their 30s, um, you know, like with credit cards who get as upset as I do about this. So there's that. Also, um, the refs are being awful to the Knicks. Um, and as my guy Patrick Ewing up here, I don't know if like living in New York, I'm slowly becoming a Knicks fan. I don't really know what's happening. But um, Julius Randle got screwed over again uh, on Sunday night after they called traveling on him the week before. And Thibodeau tried to challenge the call, the foul that was called on Randall, and the ref said that they weren't they, he didn't challenge it in time. And there are only two of them because one had COVID or was in COVID protocol, so he was in his hotel room. So it's just a big mess. And I just think it's if you're going to be mean to any team, if you're gonna if you're going to really screw any team over, don't do it to the Knicks because they'll probably you know they've done it to themselves already. And I just this year they have hope, and I think it's cruel. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's get you some emails should we get to some emails um this first one is from michael purcell to me and the subject line is and by to me i mean that's what it says in gmail but me in this case is the people sports podcast at gmail.com don't email my personal email because that's creepy um the subject line is players owning teams and michael writes hey charlotte moses producer Cat and mark With LeBron purchasing a minority ownership stake in the Red Sox, a team with a fan base who hates his guts with the rage of a thousand stuns for ripping their hearts out in the playoffs for over a decade. It got me thinking, what would be the worst slash most contentious player slash owner to owner to team situation? Sorry, got tripped up in the syntax of that one. And I just snapped my toothpick in half. Damn it. Okay. Uh, Michael writes my picks. Derek Jeter owning the Red Sox. Aaron Rodgers buying the Bears, Shaq owning any team with young big men, Sidney Crosby owning the Philadelphia Flyers, hashtag podcast. P.S. Speaking of potentially awful player owners, are A-Rod and J.Lo back on? If so, did I blow it by only getting engaged to my now wife once? Ever hopeful, Mike. I love this. Mike, killer email. Um, I, think they, I think you hit on the sort of most... Uh, I think you hit on the most contentious owners, honestly. And um, this was our email of the week. We, um, Social West and producer Kat did a great job of putting uh, Aaron Rodgers in a Bears hat. I liked someone's response, though. Someone commented on the Instagram and said, um, Aaron Rodgers already owns the Bears. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Sad. Sorry, Chicago. Um, the only one that I could think of, I feel like Derek Jeter already kind of did this when he bought the Marlins and then sent stanton to new york and it felt kind of like he was dismantling miami so that he could get the best players to new york city to the yankees i don't know um that has clearly changed they now have pretty good management they've got kim ing the first woman to be gm of a baseball team which is very exciting shout out shout out to the marlins for doing something right um i think we need to wait for mark for this one because i think this could actually be a great list and i have a few thoughts um so we'll, we'll circle back we'll circle back loop up square off uh take this offline and then uh regroup just send me a calendar invite um we'll get on it does that how people with real jobs talk i never know you know it, anytime i talk to my friends who aren't in sports which is the majority of my friends most of my if you're not a friend in sports your friend outside of sports and all of those friends um like you know who i grew up with or went to college with or have known for a while are always talking about you know some sort of meeting or excel sheet or you know corporate jargon and i'm just like i'm sorry i don't have a real job (laughs) like you guys are actually doing stuff my I, i know how to use email and i can use twitter which is unfortunate for everybody but um shout out to people who are actual adults. I appreciate you. Um, this one is from Bryn Haskett. Bryn has emailed us before. And uh, the subject, oh, wait, I can't read it. I can't read it because she sent us an email and said, with a dirty joke in it, and said, don't use my name. So I can't even read the email. Kat says she's going to cut it out. I think it's funnier if I just say that Bryn sent us an email and I can't read the email, so I'm going to move on. Um, <clears throat> Okay, this is an email from Nick Yoder, and he said the subject line is what I'm most looking forward to. He says, Hi Charlotte and Mark, question mark? No, not today. Sorry, Nick. The number one thing I'm most looking forward to in this tournament is whether Butler, who is not playing, can make it through without suffering another injury. For context, this may have been the most this may have been the most snake-bit by injury team I've ever seen. Let's break it down. First off, a COVID pause immediately after the first game, put them on a 20-day pause. Then Scooby Johnson tears his ACL in the preseason, misses the entire year. Jacoby Coles plays six games, season-ending meniscus tear. Christian David misses first 14 games, recovering from a torn ACL last year. Aaron Thompson misses 11 games, first of the knee injury. Excuse me. (laughs) I just burped on a podcast. Oh my god, you guys! This is going off the rails. I'm just talking to myself. If anyone else that out there makes themselves laugh as much as I do, shout out to you. And I'm sorry to everybody listening to this. Um, Aaron Thompson misses 11 games first with a knee injury and then a season-ending shoulder injury. Bo Hodges combo delay transfer eligibility ruling slash academic in inel- ineligibility. That is so many hard words in a row. Anyway, basically, he keeps going. Everybody was hurt. And I didn't really know this. Um, And so shout out to Butler. I was recently I'm been moving and found a bag that I put in storage um, that had random like kitchen stuff in it. But it was in a Butler blue tote bag. It was in a tote bag that had my buddy Trip on it from the day that I walked him through the park. And that was that brought a tear to my eye wasn't the greatest tote bag, so I threw it out, but I did think about Blue the entire time. I like the way that Nick ended this email. He says, always one day older than Antonio Brown, Nick Yoder, which, you know, we talked about that. We're getting old. It's nice to still be older than an athlete who's playing. We're running out of time. Time is an illusion. Mortality. I'm not going to do that whole thing, but you get what I'm trying to say. Okay, this one, this is... This is my personal favorite email of the week. That had nothing to do with sports, really. Um, I mean, it did, but what I'm about to say about it didn't necessarily have to do with sports. This is from Kyle (laughs) You'll, The minute I say the subject line, I'll be like, oh, that's why she liked it. The subject line is the biggest L's you've ever taken. And then in parentheses, hear me out, dot, dot, dot. Kyle writes, hello, Charlotte and Mark parentheses, or whoever actually reads these before they go on the air. And I'm just going to take a second and say, Kyle, I read them. Producer Kat reads them. Wes reads them. Mark doesn't read them. I always read them. Kyle continues. I know everyone will be giving you a hard time for Ohio State, Georgetown, and Virginia. Okay, pause. I didn't even talk about how Ohio State, Mark's team is out. UVA, my team is out. Georgetown, the team that I got weirdly obsessed with for no reason, is out. It was a tough weekend it was a really tough weekend um and i don't really want to dwell on that which is why i didn't talk about it but now we're going to go back into this email kyle writes um he says i know everyone will be giving you a hard time and i will too that was a massive l for both of you thank you kyle thank you for that um but i also wanted to take a moment to show empathy oh that's a rare thing on the internet let's see where this goes It's happened to me, too. In 2016, I had Michigan State winning only for them to immediately lose to 15 seed Middle Tennessee. That was rough. I remember that. Kyle says it's not just sports either. We've all taken massive L's when it comes to having a great certainty bordering on arrogance, only for it to immediately blow up in the funniest way possible. And so I thought it might be an interesting subject for listeners to send in their most wrong, wrongest predictions they've ever made slash their personal biggest L's. L's for people like my mom, even though she, I don't think she listens to this podcast, but L's is losses. Kyle writes, for instance, a little over 10 years ago, I predicted that Facebook would become a fad like MySpace, and simultaneously thought the future of social networking would be a website called Google wave. Flash forward to today, Google wave never launched while Facebook is horrifyingly the most trusted news source for many Americans. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, You were a little off, a little off on that one. Um, he writes, so let's hear it. Charlotte, Mark, and the PSP community. Also, I love this. Let's get as many people involved as possible. What are the biggest Ls you've taken when it comes to predictions or with confidence backfire immediately and hilariously as it did this weekend for the two of you? Keep doing your thing. It's good. Thank you, Kyle. He says, parentheses, N, ever hopeful. Just like never hopeful. You get it? Anyway. Kyle from Milwaukee. Thank you, Kyle from Milwaukee. Uh, he adds a lengthy PS. The road adjacent to the Brewers Stadium was always called Miller Park Way. But now that the stadium has changed names, the road has been named Brewers, been renamed Brewers Boulevard. This isn't related, but I think the city of Milwaukee missed a golden opportunity to rename the road Miller Parkway. It's now named after Fred Miller instead of the stadium, and it wouldn't confuse the locals since it basically keeps its old name. I don't know anyone else who could possibly care about this. So I'm sharing it with you. Hope you don't mind the end. Thank you, Kyle. I don't care about that, but I read it anyway. Um, it's a good idea. It's clever. So I want to hear Mark's here because I feel like he has even more than I do. To be honest, I feel like he said many, um, dad takes that haven't panned out for him. Um, but I have several and I'd like to tell you about them. Um, my biggest one, this is wildly embarrassing now. And this didn't backfire in a funny way, but it's just like the most wrong I've ever been, which is um last February, right before COVID got really bad in New York, I had a few friends over to um my Brooklyn apartment. We were sitting around and um they were talking about how they're like, I think this I think this virus could be really bad. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I think, you know, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll I think it'll be under control. And um they were talking about an episode of the daily that Michael Barbaro on the New York Times had put out talking to someone about just how bad it could get, which in retrospect, what he was talking about was better than what it ended up being. But I got I got mad. I was like, guys, I was like, that is fear mongering. They are just trying to get they're trying to get downloads for the podcast. They're overreacting. Like we're, it's gonna be fine. And it wasn't. And I haven't said that publicly because, I mean, you know, the minute it became clear that it was really bad, I got on board. And I was like, we all got to stay home. This is terrible. Um, But there was about a two day period there where I was like, we're going to be fine, which I think is just wishful thinking. But I think, um, I think the biggest L's I've taken really, you know, in terms of conviction um, really do have to do with technology. I feel like I must've had some, you know, that like, I don't know, Michelle Branch was going to be the biggest superstar the world had ever seen. And that didn't really pan out. But um, I one of mine is that I didn't want an iPhone when they initially came out, because um, also this just makes it clear that I've always been a dad or a Luddite or like whatever you want to call it, you know, an old person. You know, I'm I'm in my my teens. I don't know when when did the iPhone come out? Whatever. I was just like I remember I remember telling people I was like, look, I just want to keep my music and my phone separate. I don't want to be on my phone all the time. Like I'm going to have a phone for a phone. I'm going to have my iPod for my music. Um, and I honestly still kind of stand by that. Uh, I think that was a, I think that was a wise thing to say because now I just stare at my phone all day, every day. Um, I also, though, (laughs) didn't want an iPhone because I liked that my BlackBerry had keys. I could feel where the keypad was so that I didn't have to look at it so that I could text my friends under the desk in college and a professor wouldn't see. So I also still kind of stand by that one. You ever try to text on an iPhone without looking? It's much harder. I could write I could have written I could have written Moby Dick on my BlackBerry and Instead, if I tried to do that on my iPhone now, it's it's just it becomes a different language because there's so many typos. Anyway, I also said that I would never. (laughs) This one's really going to come back to me. I said that I would never join Twitter because I didn't want to feel the need to tell people what I was doing all the time. So let that sink in for a second. I distinctly remember being at a family dinner in the summer. And my aunt being like, have you guys seen this thing that's called Twitter? Like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, mm-mm, not for me. Like, I literally, I remember saying, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, tweet. I'm having dinner. Like, who cares? You know, I don't want to be programmed to share what I'm doing every second of every day. And like, what? I really, I think I own myself the most on that one um, because there is a period of my life using social media where. I was on there way too much. I tweeted way too much. I Instagram started way too much. I shared way too much. Um, and I think that if this last year has taught me anything, it's that I have really pulled back from, you know, being too online. I'm still too online, but like a little less online than I was, or like a little less need to share every picture of every meal that I eat. And it's felt really nice, um, you know, to each to each her own. We all we all have choices about the way we use technology but that was mine my 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 worst and most cell phoning take was that i would never join twitter so um oh also i thought segues would be huge (laughs) shout out mall cops um you know i think that's all we've got for this week um please send us emails i know it's not as fun to send us emails when you can't roast mark because he's not here but he will as of right now be back wednesday um if he's not, it's because he's doing really important stuff and you're just stuck with me again. But I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back. We've got a lot to catch up on. Um, I don't know how hard to roast him about Ohio State yet, but he looked pretty sad on the live stream that Titus and Tate did. So maybe I'll take it easy. Um, yeah, send us, send us emails. Please email email in uh, the podcast at gmail.com to tell us your worst losses. I would love to know what other people's worst opinions are. And I'm going to think of more of mine because I know that, I, I mean, my entire life has been like saying things with conviction and then turning out to be entirely wrong. Um, so do that. Also follow us um, at People Sports on Twitter, at the People Sports podcast on Instagram. Um, let me know if you like hearing me talk to myself because, you know, I could do this every day there'll be a new PSP every day. That's just Charlotte talking to herself and every once in a while, Mark will pop up. I'm kidding. Unless you guys want it, in which case it's more content. Um, All right. Stay ever hopeful. Love you guys. I almost said talk to you soon, but I guess it's talk at you soon.